Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. We are here in Miami. We are joined by Mr. Rob Young. Rob, how's it going? Yeah, good. Bit of a late night. Sorry, I'm late. We're playing a cash game until six o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. How'd that, how'd that go? Um, <clears throat> I was doing pretty well, but uh, and the blinds went up and uh, lost a few nasty pots, so ended up around about evenish. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, so those who don't know Rob, he is a partner with, uh, with Party Poker and the GVC. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what you do and how your relationship is with those that don't know Rob Young, that's, you know, he plays high stakes cash games. He kind of goes all over the world, but what, what is your actual relation with the GVC and, and party poker? How do you fi- fit in with that? Um, well, I mean, I don't, I've not really talked about it very often. I talked to, I think I did a Joe Ingram podcast before and he asked me, but effectively my uh, casino in the UK, uh, we partnered with party poker okay. to help uh, promote party poker in the UK. Um, and the UK went kind of okay. It went from the fifth biggest market to the first biggest market. Okay. And then when GBC purchased Party Poker, um, GBC said, "Well, could, could 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 we look at doing some of the stuff that you did in the UK? Could we could we look at doing it globally?" Okay. So we kind of agreed to agreed to work together. Um, nice. There's a managing director of Party Poker Live called Nick Whiten who runs all the live events, and there's a managing director of uh, Party Poker, the online business, um, Tom Waters, who a lot of people have known have met have met at live events. And they're kind of working on on, on on driving the business forward and I'm sort of cleaning the toilets and trying to help them whenever I can. That's awesome. And so like explain, you know, Party Poker 2006 that I used to play. Originally, that's where I was playing. The UIGEA Act came in. U.S. kind of mixed it up. Party Poker left. So now that Party is back and it's, it's taking by storm. What are some of the exciting things that are going on with, you know, Party Poker Live? Obviously, we're just in Rio. Um for the, for that series, and you know, it, it seems like the over the there's been big overlays, big guarantees. What's sort of your philosophy on these massive guarantees, and how do you look at it when you say, "Oh, we overlaid you know six hundred what six hundred thousand sixty players, for example, in Rio." What is your how does that how does that how do you respond to that? How do you say like is that is that okay? Are you does that upset you? Is that good for the game? Is that part of the strategy? How do you look at like overlays and these big guarantees? I was actually talking to uh, just one yesterday about this. I went to see a friend of mine over in, over in Miami and he was asking about the strategy and I was trying to explain that um, as a culture to as a, um, gaming or gambling poker we're, we expect the player to deposit play our tournaments go to a casino play our tournaments and he's in, he's investing some money to go right. to he's gambling to see whether he can increase his bankroll okay. uh, and get a win so the customers are gambling with us all the time right and I'm a strong believer that a gaming operator should also be willing to, to gamble with the customers, which is why we set the bar so high when we're looking at guarantees. Now, with Rio, for example, um, everybody told us not to do a, a millions in Brazil because the average wage is like $400 right. a month. Yeah, the conversions. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, but I wanted to, uh, to, get, to give um, South America the same respect that we give the the other locations around the world okay. so we would do the same format and I knew there was a chance of a little bit of a nosebleed but I just liked the idea that we weren't going to be saying oh you know, this is a tougher market <coughs> players can't deposit let's do something smaller I decided that we would give um, South America the same respect as, as the other continents right. and we're going to do the same in Asia over in Jeju in September 
partnering with a, with, with my friends Paul Powell and Richard Young to do a millions in Asia. Yeah. Now, we've only got 300 Asian players a day on the site. It's impossible to do a millions there. But right. we're going to do it because, in my mind, in the long run, if we start off strong and we're willing to gamble with the customers, um, in the long run, it will work out. But in terms of that particular event in, in Rio, certainly it was, uh, I would have preferred to hit the guarantee, but at the same time, I think it was uh, a record for any event in that in that area. Yeah, I'm scrolling here on the screen, kind of looking at the different live events. Obviously, the millions are the big, the big tournaments, but it looks like you know the part. Can you talk about the WSOPC and some of these other live stops? So you have the millions as your well, your your main the main bulk of the series, but there's there's a bunch of other uh, I guess smaller or side events as well. I mean, you can see WSOPC Rio here coming. There's a millions <laughs> UK. What are what's the uh, how does that how does that infrastructure work on? I think that. Uh, I think we're unique in the fact that we've got lots of friends in the industry. So when we set up Party Poker Live, I spoke with John, John Duffy, and we we decided that it would be good to work with our live partners rather than compete with them. So rather than create our own our own variety of buy-ins for a tour, we decided to partner with WSOP, partner with WPT, yeah, and it will be announced soon that we we're, we're partnering with Triton. Okay, so you'll have Triton, which is the super high roller size. You'll have Millions, which is the traditional 10K buy-in. Yeah. He's been around since John Duffy's days at EPT. We'll have WPT, which is your 3K buy-in. Okay. And WSOP, which is your 1K buy-in. Uh, and underneath that, we have... <coughs> sorry, a bit of a cough. No worries. We have uh, the Grand Prix. So the idea is that we cover all bankrolls. We provide good tournaments for different levels of players. We have an ecology which moves up, but at the same time, we don't compete with our friends and partners. We, will, we all work together as one. Cooperative, and I think, I think with Party Poker Live, you can definitely say it's a cooperative. It's not really um, about just about Party Poker. It's about all our life partners, all our tour partners. Yeah, it's a bunch of friends trying to do their best for poker. So I think it's, I think, I think it's unique, and I think we can all be really proud of, uh, of what we're doing with Party Poker Live by not being so precious that we wanted to do our own thing, more working with each other. Right, and so the. I mean, it's fair to say, I've, my understanding is with the live scene now, I mean, is it fair to say that Party Poker Live is it the, the best, or not even the best, but the biggest, uh, the most, uh, on, on the circuit, it's one of the best stops. I mean, the biggest, it's, it's could you say Party Poker is a leader in the live? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Is that arguable? I or don't think arguable? anyone could argue that. The party poker is the lead for live. And now online, I, I just showing here as well, there's a uh, big series coming up, the Power Fest. I mean, this is this is ambitious because I remember this time last year, this was with 15 million maybe, or what was the guarantee last year? Did you guys uh, do? 15 million. Um, it's, it's, I think it's 35 million last year. I know the website says, to, says 30 million. But I think I think with the uh, with the series, has been very interesting. When party poker was uh, smaller, it used to do its series the same time as Poker Stars, a bit like Winamax do and eight 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 do with the size. We kind of all leech off Poker Stars traffic, so Poker Stars right. do their brilliant scoops and W Goops, and we think, well, we'll do a series because there's more people online. But what we noticed over the last couple of years is when we do a series the same time as uh, a Power Fest, the same time as uh, Poker Stars, we actually start to split the money. Right. So I think we did sixty million over. And WCube at the same time. Okay. And WCube was like 80 million. So it was 140 million over a two, three week period, which is too much for the players and too confusing. Yeah, it is a lot. Because when you, know, you have these massive events on both sites, it's kind of like you can't really, it gets too jumbled. Yeah, and there's so many great tournaments on with WCube and Scoop. 
I think we were complicating the world for the players by right. by doing them at the same time. So what we've decided uh, this year is that our main festivals, which will be uh, um, Powerfest and Millions Online, we'll, 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 we won't try and compete with PokerStars. Right. I mean, there's, there's a big misconception in the market that that, uh, that, that Party Poker are actually trying to compete with PokerStars. Um, it's just not the case. Party Poker is just trying to do their best. And you know, having the fact that PokerStars are a giant and a market leader, that was the same three or four years ago, and it's the same now. Party Poker just doing their own thing. We Party Poker don't make decisions based on what poker stars do. Party Poker make decisions on live, based on what our casino partners want to do, based on what our player feedback is. And online, we make decisions based on um, trying to give our players the best experience and certainly step, keeping the power fest away from from Scoop. We feel that's uh, better for our players. We could obviously do a much bigger power fest when there's more traffic online at Scoop. Yeah. But it's not always about... Um, it's not always about doing what's best short term for the site. I think uh, I think Tom feels it's best always to look at look at the long run. Yeah. Um, so I've seen a lot of like I don't really read social media um, at all. So people do send me. Yeah, he is, he's up for industry person of the year. You know, he's not. I know he doesn't. The accolades and awards isn't what drives you, but that, that's kind of that's kind of cool. I mean, to be recognized because I would say from from my perspective, you know, I was over on the other side for a while, but just getting the vibe, the feel for everything and, and hearing what people say. I mean, people kind of call you like the Robin Hood of uh, a poker. You seem to really do a lot for the players from my perspective and what I hear. And that's sort of how you're perceived. I know you, you stay away from the social. I don't, I, you know, we were going to tag you on Twitter. I don't think you have a Twitter. You don't have Instagram, any of that private, stuff. You're, no. Yeah. Private guy. So this is a real treat to get Rob on the I podcast. Actually a, I actually didn't have a mobile phone um, <laughs> until my, uh, my my girlfriend Alex just gave birth to my daughter Indy. Yeah, and uh, Alex and my mum said you need to have a mobile phone in case something happens. So that's, man, that's that's, that's like that sounds like clean living. How can you? How does that work? What you use email or just computer? Or how how did you not have a phone for how long? That seems pretty. I know one other guy like that that it has a lot going on is very in, in, uh, involved in business, but that seems to be kind of a blessing. But it's got to be a little bit difficult too. But you just that's the way you operate. I mean, I like yeah, it. It's I cool. Mean, um, I was. I don't operate any better with a phone or without a phone. Uh, I've got my laptop. I can get them to wireless. And yeah. Sometimes when 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 you're not when you're not working like constantly answering things etc. You can be more focused when you sit down for two hours on your on your computer. So the only reason I, I, I actually have the phone now is because of um, my daughter. Uh, hopefully, when she grows up a little bit, I'm able to be able to get rid get get rid of it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I actually dropped my mobile phone a couple of years ago down the well in my house. Okay. Um, On purpose? Yeah, I just uh, kind of people were like uh, um, s- sending me like posts and this and that. And was, uh, I just thought, you know, it's not it's defocusing me a little bit. So I, I went out to Popham Garden, got my, got my iPhone, dropped it down my well, which I think is about 400 meters deep. Okay. Um, and I hadn't had one since. Um, but obviously, when my daughter was born, I think that. I think it's sensible that, that I should have one. Well, that, that's very interesting. And I mean, definitely these day and age of the phone, I mean, I'm guilty of it, but it's part of, you know, I enjoy the social, I enjoy the, the, the hustle, the grind of it all, but it is a lot, you know, it's a, it becomes, it's distracting to, to get stuff done when you just, it's constantly, cause there's now there's constantly. discord, WhatsApp, MySpace, this space, you know, Telegram, Instagram, Twitter, people are DM, you know, it's like hard, it, you get lost just going through it. So that's yeah. interesting. I respect that. And I also I, like to do, I just like to talk to people people face to face Mm -hmm. and um, tend to get much more done. So in that way, it's a very old fashioned way. I mean, I'm 46 now. Um, 
I'm kind of stuck in my ways. I like to meet people, discuss things. Yeah. I used to be more, when I used to have my businesses when I was younger, a lot more sort of in charge. But now I'm more, more just more like a consultant and more, more just trying to work with people and get the best out of people. But certainly, you know, um, I wasn't aware of what these awards are in America. Yeah. I think I, I think a few years ago I won the Industry Person Award in Europe. Okay. Um, I didn't go and collect the awards. Um, that's cool though. I mean, because that's voted by within the industry. You know, that it is. That's awesome to be to not to be involved, but not really like you said. It doesn't motivate you. You're not motivated by that. You're doing your best. You have a vision for um, poker no, for the industry. I mean, that's not. You're not out there saying trying to do popular things necessarily to get popularity. You're doing what you believe is best. That that's my interpretation. To be honest with you, I don't believe in these awards because, like, I got told once if, if I come to the if I attend the ceremony, I'd. I'm guaranteed to get the award. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, it's a little funny. So, yeah, like, yeah well, they, I mean, this year it happened as well for uh, Streamer of the Year and Vlogger of the Year. I think Doug Polk was nominated for Vlogger of the Year. He didn't make one vlog in 2018. Jason Summerall was up for Streamer yeah. of the Year. He didn't stream. So it's like there's a little bit of a false, uh, you know, some, some some disconnect with how that Yeah, works, I don't think so. it means anything. I think the only award that actually meant something to me was the awards that Party Poker got in the last couple of years. I think for... 12 years they hadn't won it and the last couple of years they won on online operator of the world yeah and I think well, I spoke to people were really proud I didn't go there myself but uh, it was really nice to see the staff because the the, the, the white paper staff had been so beat up right yeah it's the, been a tough America yeah, yeah I mean they, they were the ones that pulled out they had the lead in 2006 they were publicly traded they got out of the market I mean I remember that's when I started playing on full tilt and poker stars I, I was always on party and then I moved so I mean that was it's got to be hard to overcome where you bow out and now you're kind of coming back yeah. in and, and making big big uh, I don't think there's been many companies that's taken such a bow from, from such a downward spiral and kind of plateaued out and started to kind of improve a little bit I mean one, one of the things is that people people say why don't you do this why don't you do that I know they're always on Tom's case about the software but ultimately things take time you know um, and I think with the with the market with regulation with taxation you know online's a tough market Absolutely. Everyone's doing their best, um, but I do think that uh, sometimes players should be a, a little bit more patient. I mean, the whole brand about Party Poker is about community, supporting the players, gambling with the players, trying to take on some impossible tasks. Yeah. It's like a little bit of an adventure for the poker world, watching what's happening with Party Poker. Um, and I think that uh, I think players just need to be a, a little bit more more patient. Absolutely. No, I, I can, I understand how it is. They always want more. It's kind of, it, it's a, it's hard to, to do both sides and please everyone and also do the right thing. So guys, I want to remind you we, on Twitter, if you want to retweet and follow the instructions, we're giving away a $320 ticket to party poker, the power fest, any of the events, there's a million dollar guaranteed on the 14th. There's also one Sunday, uh, any of those three twenty buy-in. So I see, a, I mean, look at a lot of questions here. We're going to, I know let's Rob, answer, let's answer some questions. All right, let's get, let's dive in here. Um, what do you think? What, what type of MTTs are best? Do you like rebuy, freeze out PKO? What seems to be sort of a trend or what, if you were to play on a Sunday and you want to play, what, what type of tournament do you like the best? Or what do you think works best on, on PKO seem popular now, the knockouts? What do you what do you like the best? I think I prefer a freeze out tournament, but with the clock not too long. Okay. Um, so maybe like takes like six hours, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, <coughs> obviously, I can re-enter <coughs> these tournaments, but I think it just changes the way the game plays. Uh, so I do prefer a freeze out. Although I do recognise that some people like other 
of the forms. The PKOs, I played like the 1K PKO fast tournament. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I think the best tournament that I've played on Party Poker was the uh, was the 5,000 um, um, Powerfest tournament with a 20-minute clock that started at 5 o'clock. So, you, so they just played really deep and there was a lot of poker. Yeah. So I kind of enjoyed that. I think the uh, one of the things I like about Party Poker is instead of starting like traditionally with like 200 big blinds, and large jumps. They start with 100 big blinds with smaller blind jumps. Yeah. So the cost per round is lower, so you can play more poker, more poker when it matters. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, I, I really enjoyed that tournament. Um, but generally, I'm not a massive fan of the PKOs. Um, I'm, I more prefer the, uh, the the traditional tournaments. But the deeper, the better. I mean, I'm, I'm a cash game player myself. Yeah. So I prefer to be able to see play a lot and see a lot of flops. Yeah, Rob and I have, uh, he does, he's a cash game player. I've lost one of the biggest pots of my life. We got in Aces to Kings and that was in January and then we started talking and, and here we are. So I actually have a vlog up on that video. That was a, that's one I'll never forget with Rob, but you know, I'm sure. Yeah, you had Aces, I had Kings and- uh, You made quads. You, know, you asked me to run it twice, yeah? Yeah, he, you know, he's a, he's a man of principle. He, he always runs it once. You know, I got I told him I got a baby on the way and everything <laughs> and it didn't matter. One time made quads and you know, here we are though. I. Uh, I mean, the reason I won it once is is because I know the maths are the same. Won it once, won it twice, but uh, I don't want people to be putting pressure on me. And right? No, I like. I respect. It, it keeps it consistent too. One guy you're going to do it with, another guy you don't. One day you're running hot, you don't have to worry about like, oh, I did it this time. So it makes a lot. I mean, the of reason sense. is actually a strategic reason. The perception of some players is that if they can run it twice, true, they can be more aggressive on their draws. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to be aggressive against me. I want people to be passive against me. I want to be the aggressor. Right. So by saying I'm winning once, people don't play their draws as hard against me. So yeah. I, I, I know they're more likely to have made hands right. so I can get away from the hands. Yeah. When, when if I allow, if if I run it twice, then I'm not sure I could be fold, I could be folding ace ten on a ten high board against an up and down straight draw. Yeah. But generally, I can count like in the last year less than ten times when anyone's made a move on me with a draw. Right. Because everyone wins it twice. I think I'm myself and maybe a couple of other people. At the, at, at the stakes of the only people that run it once and literally I, I, I much know where I am in a hand without, yeah without, without, without that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense it just uh, yeah that, it, uh, anyway that was a hand I, mean, I don't know why, would you, why you would run it twice with like aces against kings you know it's a well in that particular but you game, have aces yeah yeah but what are you scared uh, of well, I'm scared of make, getting quads on my head, you know. On a, well, and then you shouldn't be playing those states. Yeah, it's true. But, well, it's, you know, Rob, you how, how are we ever going to meet? How are we ever going to get to hang out and get to know each other? Now, here we are, I'm with Party, all good, How big was that pot? What was that big, was it? It was like 360,000 US. I mean, if you start in pounds, it doesn't sound so big, but in US, it's big, you know. It's big for me, man. I'm 32. I'm, I'm up and comer, man. That's all. It was a big pot. So, yeah, we're... We, yeah, we, I remember. I, I, I raised, you re-raised. I re-raised, I re you moved all in, yeah? So. No, that, that actually was 500, 500, 1,000 straddle, 500 ante. There was a raise under the gun to 4,000. You called four thousand. Oh, I, I made I it twenty. Oh, I tried. Came back. He chopped me and shipped it. He shipped it in, and I, I called, and that, and that was it. But it's all good, man. So it's, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, to be honest with you, there, there would be a situation where I would fall kings against you. Probably for the right. That reason. wasn't the situation where I, where I would. But if the action, I mean, by me, but I made it twenty. I, I, I couldn't remember that I was I flat called with the king, so I under my hand. Yeah. So in which case, I'm going to call it off with kings. But if the action went different. Um, I could find a fold, I think, with Kings. I folded, I folded Kings this week. Pretty yeah. 
I mean, you, you no know. one, I didn't show it, but I... Yeah, you just knew, or you were, you were pretty sure. Dave. Uh, uh, no, the guy had ace king. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think he was wrong. Yeah. But I was actually pretty lucky because an ace came on the board, so I would have lost anyway. Wow. See, when you're running good, you're running good. It just doesn't matter. We're uh, we're going to, there's, I've seen, I scrolled through these. There's a ton, a ton of great questions yeah, let's here. let's try and answer as many questions let's, as possible. Let's go, let's I'll answer them quick. Yeah, let's, no, let's knock through it. Uh, I have been playing on Party Book because there's satellite structures about using tickets. My question is, will there be any leagues with so many streamers at Party Now? I think it would be good. And someone tagged at... Oh, okay. They just tagged yeah, on I, think, I mean, Jeff, you and you and the guys are doing doing the doing the Twitch stuff and the streaming. Yeah. You know, I, I think we should do it through, you know, finding creative ways to promote satellites and to get to get to get low bankroll players to watch the streams and uh, participate and certainly I know you guys want to want to run a uh, a daily or weekly Twitch tournament, don't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. So all that type of thing, I think everyone's in favour of, and I know Tom's in favour um, of um, of promoting all this type of thing. So yeah, that's, you, you just need to get it up and running for sure. No, that's the one thing and too. I think, with, and I think with that tournament, we can add tickets. So. With the Twitch tournament, we could maybe do something where we add so knockouts, bounties, prizes, yeah. so that people got value. Because at the end of the day, if someone's watching the Twitch, supporting the Twitch, um, I think it's a good business to add some value to those tournaments. So you should try and get those up and running. Okay. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Uh, what is the clue to be a successful poker player? Asks um, Jab Torres. Discipline. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was a losing poker player. I've been playing poker for fifteen years, and I was a losing poker player for the first eight or nine years um, in cash games um, because I didn't have discipline. Um, I didn't realize cash games were uh, a long run game. It doesn't matter. So I'd play till seven o'clock in the morning when I'm tired, trying yeah. to get even. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, like last night, I quit at like 2.30. Yeah. Because I was with you the other night. You were just having a wine. Didn't even, you weren't even playing for a bit, hanging out. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A long, you don't always have to play all the time. Uh, so yeah, the biggest tip that I would ever say to somebody is discipline mm-hmm. in cash games um, there's always a game tomorrow and um, and also never play ne- ne- never play stakes where you feel that you you have to run it twice because you're worried about variance yeah. if you feel that you have to run it twice you should drop down stakes to be fair though a lot of the guys you play with run it twice you said you're one of the only guys that won't run it yeah because most of them play stakes they should be playing yeah we got a table right here new time Rob if you want we got, we got an action but for just, you just discipline 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 for me because I think a lot of people are good poker players but I've seen some of the best players in the world um, tilt because mm-hmm. they're tired or because they're losing and I think just if you just say to yourself poker is the long run whatever happens in the short run doesn't matter and keep your head focused and uh I can honestly say that I never tilt, and I used to. That's great advice. Uh, truthfully, if you really think about it, everyone that plays poker, that plays like consistently, they, their A game's decent. But when their B, C game comes in, that's where it's a huge difference. Like every, at a fundamental level, you start out playing, yeah, it's like a chess match kind of. It's like a, it's a long game, and now all of a sudden at certain points, people start making mistakes. They get stuck. They start right. playing hands they wouldn't play. They're calling big, big draws. And I mean, right. that, that's a, yeah, I agree with that. It's like number one thing is discipline, and you can basically beat a better player if you've got better discipline than them. I mean, I'm not like one of the best players at all. Um, but I feel confident when I'm playing because I know I've got discipline and I might have a C game, but it's a C game all the time. I don't have an A, I don't have an E. I think that's... Well, we got, we got a statement here. That's a great, that's a really good point. I would agree with that. So more and more people switching volume from poker stars to party, but it's slowly as I think what... Uh, in his opinion, so in your opinion, is the issue that it doesn't go faster, and what is he willing to do to make party bigger, what it deserves? So, what 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 is? Uh, I mean, that, there is definitely a shift. Is there 
an issue or what, what would you think that could maybe expedite or what are you looking at to do to, to kind of close that gap with? Well, I think stuff? Tom, I think Tom, the MDFI spoker, is really immersed in the, in the software development because yeah. he feels that until the software is, is A plus or A, that uh, it's, it's unreasonable to say to players, party poker is amazing science player. Yeah, I, I want to just point this out here. We can see the uh, the, the lobby. I mean, I personally, how much the, the improvement in software at the tables, um, see if we can pull one up that's going right now. But, you know, th there has been a ton of changes. And I know that there's there's updates even going as we speak. There's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of changes. So those of you that don't know, um, you know, there is there is a ton of updates. And is there an, I mean, there's just a, re a rollout, right? I think that? we should be honest. Um, um, when... Tom was first looking at, at the Polypecker software and assumed stars, benchmark stars at a 10. I think when Tom started working on it, he felt it was a two. Okay. I know Patrick Leonard, uh, who's heavily involved in the site, he, he was giving it a 0 0.5 out of 10. 9.5? 0.5. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, I think the way that they do it is they look at the software every three months and say, okay, we're at four, we're at four and a half, just benchmarking against the industry leader. And I think generally now everyone... everyone generally feels that party is at six out of ten, mainly because of the table experience. If you look at the table, the speed of the cars, the smoothness, if you look at the counter, um, it's not a bad experience to put on the table. The lobby's also improved. So if stars are at ten, party hanging around, in my opinion, five and a half, six. Now, that's a that's that's a modest or a, a low. I, I would say it's higher than that, but I, I mean, I would put it in the seven and a half ish range. But from where it was, I mean, for me, it's it's I like it a lot. I also like the features. You can double, just double click and see the big blinds, which is very, very cool, which I, I haven't seen. It's on. just in that people have said you, we put that Tom put the big blinds, Tom Patrick put the big blind um, feature in for to help the pros. That's not right. The big blind feature in was to help the non pros. So right. The, the pros know what big blinds have got. That's kind of one of the most stupid things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that, um, that make that exactly the non pros. Yeah, and yeah. and and too because a lot of the, for me, I you know using software just like running a, a HUD. That's one of the, the primary features of that is the big blinds because if you're playing multiple tables, you don't you know you don't want to look and, and see that. That's like a pretty basic thing. So I think you know for me that's one of the most yeah. I mean, needed. Back to the original question, the question software is an issue, but I also think um, another issue is that. Party needs to be the cleaning site, and the cleaning site means um, no third-party software, no uh, bots. And when I say no, I mean no, I mean not. No right. bots, no ghosting, no multi-accounting. And people underestimate how much multi-accounting and ghosting goes on. Right, online. yeah, I can imagine. Um, I mean, for those people who don't know what ghosting is, it's when uh, a guy stakes in ten people, uh, a pro, that they manage to scrape their way into the money, close to the money, and then he takes over their screens. So. Yeah, that, that's that's got to be hard. I mean, I guess there's software. There's ways you can kind of detect if such people. We have to detect it all. Right. I mean, uh, we spent the last twelve months setting a uh, an algorithm system up, uh, which uh, imports everyone's hand issues in play ever since they've started, and we'll be able to pick up ghosting, multi-accounting. I mean, we could Tom could have come out and said, "This is what we're going to do to catch you guys, bots, everything." I think Tom shut down ten thousand bot accounts okay. in the last three months. Right. Well, it's a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's what the cash games have did. Uh huh. But I advised Tom, and I said, "Listen, I said, if you come out and tell everybody what you're doing, everyone's going to feel more secure. But the guys that are cheating are going to get smarter. Mm -hmm. So the real problem is catch everybody, close their accounts, bar everybody that's not good for the site, right, and keep it discreet." 
don't let the secrets out. Don't let them know what tools that, that you're using to catch them. Right. It's war. Um, when you're in a war against this technology, don't tell them how you're catching them. Right. So I believe that uh, um, over 10,000 accounts have been closed. And uh, I, I believe amazing. it's That's possible over the next six to nine months to get the site completely bought collusion free. Right. And, and I mean, the thing that you say, the traffic's down, but ultimately you do a total cleanse. And then once it starts going up, That's then kind it's of the most stupid thing that I've ever heard the players come out with. They say, we need our hand histories mm -hmm. so that we can tell you when there's bots and cheating on the side. Okay. Now, when a player gets the hand histories, all they get is their own. Right. Yeah. Party Poker knows every single hand mm -hmm. that's played, every single card that's open. Doesn't need to do on a hand history, you don't see this, what the guy had unless you showed him. Okay. So if you think about it, Party Poker have absolutely perfect information. Every single hand played, right. how it's played, mm -hmm. time, tendencies, mouse clicks, every single stat on every single hand. Players have hand histories. So Party Poker is a miles much more stronger position to catch what's going on now that they have the controls in place. Okay. And I actually believe that um, the party poker will be absolutely the complete fairest, cleanest site by the end of 2019. And that was actually interesting. Someone said to me yesterday, everything seems a bit like crazy. Massive guarantee here, events in Asia here, power fest here, millions online here. Yeah. Is there a strategy here? And, and I said, there's always been a strategy. 2017 was established live as the number one marketing tool for the site. Mm -hmm. 2018 was improve the products, improve the software and improve the products that the site offers. For example, the site was guaranteeing 3 million a week. It's now to 12 million a week. Stars are at 27 million a week, so the gap's closing. Mm -hmm. 2019 is about ecology. So 2019 is about security, ecology, cleaning online poker. Right. 2020 will be about pushing off a harder base. Mm -hmm. 2021 will be continuing to push. So there's been an absolutely logical plan here put in place by Tom. And, um, and it's not haphazard as it looks. Um, but certainly uh, the questioner says two issues. For me, software needs to improve. And obviously I know, I've seen Tom's plans. I know it's going to improve. For example, the most amazing thing that, that they're going to do is on the on the app you're going to be able to do gesture control okay just play on one thumb okay just like the Chinese apps yeah so that's an amazing thing they're doing um, but the second thing is site needs to be fair and honest you can't have these these bots you can't have people colluding you can't have people multi-accounting it, it, it seems to be accepted in online poker right and this is the year where party poker is going to probably lose 10 million in revenue from these players. Right. I think so far they're at four, four and a half million down in lost revenue by wow. accounts they've closed. Mm -hmm. And they're going to clean the site. And by cleaning the site, there's going to be no third party tools. Um, and there's going to be the bot detection, inclusion detection department analyzing everything that's happening on the site and protecting the players. That's amazing. And I'm a player and I've, and I've seen the controls that are in place. I'm completely convinced the party poker will be without doubt the, the most honest, fair, level playing field site by the end of the year. But it took a year to develop these tools, these algorithms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cat and mouse. You got to find ways. Guys are trying to get around it. You're finding ways. You're staying. It's it's a constant, constant. Yeah, the stupid thing people say is, yeah, but there's only one person that can get around it. Hold on a minute. 
I'm sitting in Miami now. They have a police department. There's probably going to be a murder this week. Yeah. You don't allow 99 murders because you can't catch one. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it doesn't make a ton of sense of, a, of so an sometimes argument. Players, sometimes players, what players say is frustrated and what the side needs to do is what's best for what's what's best for everyone and what's, and what's, and what's best for poker. So I would say they're the two key things uh, to, the, to the question. Software and uh, integrity of the side. Absolutely. I see Bernsey in the chat. What's up, Sheffield 16? Some other guys in here asking some good questions. Someone was just asking, uh, so will HUD software be taken away on party at all? Matt Burns and Bernsey 23. Yeah, I don't mind. I mean, what's going to happen is uh, after Powerfest, I believe around about late April, um, there's going to be a date where every, where every player that logs in has to create a new alias. Mm-hmm. What this will mean is that... Um, a player is no longer tracked on Sharkscope, no longer tracked on data mining sites. Mm-hmm. Effectively, what goes on, as normal players don't realise, is when we're playing on site, people download our hand histories and they combine them in groups together. So I can know everything about you and I've never played with you. So by the alias change for everyone across the site, all that's made redundant. Okay. Everyone, every player on board poker gets a clean start. That's great. And there's going to be no hand histories downloaded at all mm-hmm. uh, there's a new hand replayer so you're able to watch your hands one by one they've got my game which will give you some of your stats and, and help you uh, to, to improve your game but yeah the, the site's going to be completely hood free um, probably last week in April and as a player you log in to play you will have to call the new alias and that alias will, will mean the new alias will mean that no player has got any information on you and by taking away the hand histories going forward no player will ha- have any information on you. Now, this is going to cost the site money mm-hmm. because these guys that are effectively importing the hand histories, combine them all in one huge database together, have been getting an edge over the players that don't do that. Right. So these players aren't going to play a party poker. They're going to go and play on other sites where they're allowed to do it. Yeah, and hopefully other sites follow suit, but it's, you know. Well, I think, some, I mean, I, I would estimate the rate's huge from these types of high volume players that are downloading hand histories, combining them. Right. I mean, I mean, you think about it, it's such, poker's about small edges. I think there's 10 of us in a group. We all download our hand histories, we put them into one database. Mm-hmm. Pretty much playing on the site and know all their stats. Yeah, know their tendencies and it's, yeah. it's a bit so of it's, it's an edge. Predatory, By taking yeah. that edge away, we're going to lose players. But in the long run, I'm just, a, I think we're all, party poker is a big believer. Just do the right thing and things come good. I like so, that. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, then ask the question. Uh, someone asked PYG Malian at the Caribbean Poker 15th to the 24th of November that is 2019 are you planning to make a $25,000 tournament again is that on the schedule I'm not sure if that schedule is out or um, not but is um, that- we're, do- we're, we're doing the 10k 10 million we haven't announced the high roller schedule yet because we will discuss with uh, Triton to see whether mm-hmm. they would like to do their their, their high rollers there okay yeah. um, but it will be I think it will be published in the next Four to six weeks. And also talk about how did this come about? The I guess it well, if you haven't heard about it, it's too late. But the if you play all the million stops, so if you've gone to Rio, you're eligible still. You get a that's going to be in January 8th or 4th to the 12th or 8th to the 20th, I believe. The uh, what's a year dust hold on casino. If you play all the five total million buy in ones, yeah, you'll well, get to you get a free entry into the 10,300. I didn't feel that my casino was grand enough to hold a 10k millions mm-hmm. so I took my casino out of the millions tour mm-hmm. and players all over the world contacted Rachel Nicholas and says 
would be coming to Dust of Dawn for 15 years. Yeah. You know, why the well, why are we taking it out? And also, mm-hmm. Dust of Dawn was the first place you ever did in Millions. Yeah. We like it there. So I think I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So what I decided to do was put the Millions UK back in. <coughs> but since we weren't going to do it anyway, set the budget aside. Yeah. And put a promotion on for the rest of the Millions tour. So the loyal players who support each leg spend money on expenses, flights, yeah. and get a free pass. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, so so the Rio one happened, but so if the, the Rio was in March. There's the Playground Poker, it's one of yeah. my favorite stops. That's in May, so if you go to that, the, there, yeah. the May, I'll be there for that. Uh, then there's the one at King's, right, but in August. Millions Europe, yeah. Millions Europe, if you go to that, as well as the... Um, the November one at Bahamar in the Bahamas and then there's an online event so one of them you just play from home so not, five events you would get the free one yeah correct we're doing Millions Asia in Jeju we won't include that because it's such a long distance for okay. Europe for people to travel um, that just got put on right that's September now so that just yeah. got got thrown in there which is pretty cool but uh, I think it's a nice promotion but in my mind um, by adding the leg into my casino we're probably going to make 500,000 to a million with a revenue that week from right. reg fees in my casino. So I wanted to add that back to give all that back to all the players that supported us and not make any revenue in my casino that week. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's a, it's a great promo. Um, can you ask him what is you're most proud of that party has done in the past two years to revitalize the company? What is, what is the thing that maybe stands out the most to you that you would say, looking at from your perspective that you're, like wow, this you know this feels good now. Looking back, or in the last two years, I mean, you've covered a bunch of stuff. But is there something that you would say is like signature for you personally? Is yeah, I think the uh, I think the most uh, proudest the party have done is the is increase the MTT schedule. Um, when party first started um, to push the MTT, their biggest tournament was fifty five dollar rebuy mm-hmm. for twenty thousand guaranteed a day, and I think. Um, the most proudest thing that everyone's contributed towards is the MGT schedule, which I believe is up to about 12 million a week now. So it went from two million, it went from one million a week. A power fest was two million. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing uh, 30 million power fest, and they're doing 12 million a week in yeah, tournaments. So I think Chris Donachie, Rick, Jay Cannabar, uh, Jamie Burden, who's recently just joined, Kevin Williams, Les. All the guys there are all poker players. They all love poker. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that poker room department, what they've done to grow that schedule is the most proudest thing. I mean, now they've got like Gladiator, 100K, like yeah, 320. The, the 321s is for fun about I mean, you look at the crazy power fast schedule. They're doing like a million for 300 as right. a, gladi- a, a Gladiator edition for power fast. Mm-hmm. They've got super high rollers, 5Ks, 10Ks. They're doing like 55 for 100K, 200K. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. a complete, it's absolute, unbelievable growth in in in, in the MTT, MTT tournaments. And, they, um, and also, if you compare other sites, they cheat. So other sites do multiple, do two re-entries or limited re-entries, make the clocks like 15 minutes of the late regs like forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take the Gladiator, it's a 12 minute clock, 320 buy-in, register 20 big blinds, one re-entry maximum. Yeah. And really, we would prefer it to be a freeze-out, but players just said, for the biggest tournament of the day, we want to bust early, we want to have a chance. Could, could you I mean, compare that to, say, another side who's doing 15-minute clock, 200 big blinds, three, four hours of late reg. I mean, party's doing it, doing it the right way. way. Yeah. I think most of the tournaments on party are freeze-outs. The only time that will be a re-entry 
is when players ask for it. Personally, I would want the whole side to be a freeze out. Players say, I'm looking forward to this tournament. It's the one tournament I'll play a night. Yeah, let me add one. If I bust down in the first 10 minutes, I want to play again. But, you know, this dredging down to 10 big blinds, unlimited re-entries, other sides are cheating their guarantees mm-hmm. and the party are doing it the right way. So the proudest thing is the MGT Shuffle. Awesome. Uh, someone here, we got Matt Tech. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. How old were you when you started playing poker? Yeah, do you remember? What was the first time you ever played or when did you actually start? Was it a couple times with friends or what got did I you? Was immediate- 30, I, um, I was going to the toilet in my local casino and I went through the wrong door and I went to the poker room. Okay. And there was 100 guys sitting there and some of the guys knew me. I used to play blackjack and they went, come over, play this tournament. And it was a uh, 20 pounds rebuy. Yeah. Uh, you got a thousand chips and I sat down I was shaking like an absolute leaf nervous um, so nervous yeah. and then myself and my best friend Nick we started going three times a week and I just fell in love with the game and um, went travelling around the world with Nick and we played different tournaments and got to know so many friends like Devilfish bless him Simon Trumper and, <laughs> and you know all the people that we work with now in Party Poker so many of them are my friends that I met through through starting the poker world and it's just nice to uh, yeah, I would say for myself as well like for me I love poker but I kind of look at it in the overall scheme of life like I can apply so many things that I've learned or so many of my best friends I've met directly through poker or at a poker table even so you know, I just I find it to be it's a great game and you know, I just I fell in love with it right away so it sounds like the same for you you kind of started playing you saw how fun it was that there's a mixture it's of luck great. I mean my dad's 82 years old okay and he goes to my casino every single night right. and plays the £15 tournament. He talks to people. He, he, he's, he, yeah, so he, he's keeping his mind active. Sure, exactly. And there's other people like that in my casino who are older and probably will be stuck in the house. And he can have a beer and socialise. I mean, poker's just like yeah. the most best ever social game. And I'm so lucky that, that I've got friends all around the world because of poker. Right. Yeah, you know? I, I feel the same. Even the guys poker. that I'm battling with the cash games... Um, we're friends. Right. Like we're all get, we've all been playing against each other in Rio. We came over here to play um, in uh, Miami. Miami and we're all getting the plane together to Vegas to go and play again. Yeah. Now, it's just really such a good community and I just could thoroughly recommend people coming into poker and as... I think, I think it's a really good thing to promote. For sure. We got PYG Malian, man. Thanks for being here for the beginning. Sorry for a bit of a delay today. Uh, saying day has in party took the best and most popular pro and streamers to their room, including Jeff. Well, it's a nice compliment. Appreciate that. I wouldn't say, didn't really take, it was just kind of right place, right time. But maybe you could talk about Twitch because I know, I'll just say from the Twitch perspective, it, it wasn't that party was oblivious to Twitch. I think they were, from my understanding, they they understood it, they saw it, they get it. But you weren't even saying the guarantees weren't quite there. The software wasn't up to par, so you weren't like looking. Hey, let's like let's advertise. Let's put out. I don't, I don't think we would have uh, felt comfortable a couple of years ago. Right. Um, really, until the last release six months ago, when we got the the new table experience. Mm-hmm. Actually, people streaming our software. Right. It's a bit embarrassing. It was it was crap, you know. And I think Tom. You know, Tom certainly, you know, he's a big critic of how the software needs to improve. And the fact, I think we just, we just decided to, to look at streaming and look at Twitch when we were kind of uh, half confident on the fact that the software would look, look okay. Absolutely. So I just think that's important, I think, for people to understand that this is, you know, party is very savvy and keep an eye. It's not just a 
oblivious. They that that was like that was a primary reason why you had an attack the space and some other social stuff, which is what I, I think. It's also, they were waiting for the right opportunities. Um, opportunities come along, and there was an opportunity with some of the stars guys who were experienced for them to um, help us out. Um, so you can't just always make a plan and say I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. And then just budget. You have to, sometimes it's timing. Um, yeah, and not, and not to go too much into person or terms of arrangements and stuff. But I did like again. I, I've mentioned this. It wasn't. This was a very with with the kind of shift from myself personally. I can say you know this was an organic thing. This wasn't like oh like six months ago or ten months or a year ago premeditated. Hey, this this was very kind of right place, right time. Just stuff sort of happened organically and started talking. Party's very raw. If party sees an opportunity, which is good. It's not going to say it's not in our plan this month. It's going to grasp it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if party has something in their plan and it's not quite right, the moons don't cross at the right time, it won't do it. I mean, right? you know, you need to be, it's very important to be agile in business. And uh, and sometimes agility can be mistaken as not being organized. Right. Um, I think that party is agile. Could be doing with a bit more agile on the software side. Right. Is, uh, yeah, we all agree. I think even Ross, the... The guy who works 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the software, even he would admit that he would prefer to be much more agile. I mean, what people don't understand is the software developers are based in Hyderabad in India right. under GVC. And it's also difficult to make changes with software. It's how it's built originally. You can't just go in and like change the party, party doesn't control its, control its software. Party, party goes to GVC and GVC developers develop the party software. Right, makes so sense. Yeah, the so. guys in party are working their nuts off. Ross, everybody really care passionately. Rob Burton, a new guy that started, who seems to be grasping it well. But at the end of the day, GBC's got Sportsbook, Casino, just bought Lab Books, Coral, massive integration projects, payment systems. Um, it can't, and poker's a small percentage of GBC, so you can't really expect GBC to put poker right at the top from a business point of view. So <coughs> if at some point party got big enough, then I'm sure it goes to the top of the queue. And and I will say, so I'm, you know, for those that don't know, because I wasn't fully aware how it all works, to, to put it into perspective, the, so the, the GBC is the parent company of Party Poker. Party Poker is one of the big brands of the GBC. But small brands. In the, in the scheme of GBC, Party Poker is a smaller so brand. So I mean, no. Really? I, didn't, um, see, I don't even understand that, I guess. The, GBC, the uh, GBC is the group company, which own Lab Brooks, B-Win, Bats, B-Win, Foxy Bingo, Party Poker, Casino, mm-hmm. Club. I don't know the exact number, but I think parties less than ten percent of GVC's revenues. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, we're just very. I mean, I was just very lucky that the owner or the CEO, uh, Kenny Alexander, he likes poker. He's played at the Vic in the cash games. Mm-hmm. He's he's got a bit of a passion for poker. Otherwise, there's no way party would get this level of support. Okay. Yeah. That that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I guess I didn't fully understand the how that went down. Um, Let's see. We got a bunch of good questions. So that was how old you were. I guess you answered that when you started playing poker. Um, uh, can you ask them to project party poker's online poker market share in five years? I mean, I guess that's uh, you know it's a long ways away. But I, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to project yeah. that because I have an agreement with GBC to 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 to, to work with them to the end of 2021, mm-hmm. and I promised my uh, my girlfriend that she's going to go back to work and. I'm going to take the baby to school, walk the baby to school. Okay. So it's unlikely that, so I can't really project past end of 2021. But what about next year? Give us 2020. How do you feel? Like, give us a target number. I think or something. The target number is to grow 50% year on year. 50. So 
Yeah, we're at 40. We've hit 40s, we've hit 50s. I think uh, we need to make a big step now. Uh, I think 50% year on year. So that probably get, if you look at, I mean, everybody wants, probably wants to compare market sharers, how much party versus stars. I guess party would be the third, third of the size of stars in three years' time. Yeah, I see that people, it's growing. Amount of live viewers watching. Oh, hello, everyone. We are in Miami and uh, we have got a lot of questions. Trying to just kind of scan through. Yeah, that's so quick. I'm um, trying to answer every question. Okay. Uh, is there a possibility that the future of millions South America will take place in Argentina? Is there plans for next year locked in? Or is, there, is, is, it, is it that South America is going to be every year? Is that on the schedule? Uh, South America will be every year. Um, we have a tax issue in Brazil. So it's likely that um, we will do four major events in Brazil, put a lower buy-in, and it's likely we'll move the millions to a, a location where the players don't, don't, don't get taxed. Whether that's Argentina, uh, Uruguay, Chile, I'm not sure. Today, Party Poker is the best online poker room, says Mar Pepe, surpassing <laughs> poker stars. What was the reason for this great change and excellent position of yeah, Party? Thanks for that, but that's not true. <laughs> poker stars is the, uh, is the best online poker room. Okay. Um, party poker. Oh, man, there's a lot of a lot of party poker love out here. What uh, which is the best online poker room, or where do you feel most comfortable? I guess, for, or maybe both. Uh, do live. Let's, let me rephrase yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> let me rephrase it. Poker Stars has got the best online software. Uh, party poker is the best online poker, the, the most caring online poker room. Let me rephrase it that way. All right, I like so that. The difference between the two businesses. If Party Poker had poker Stars software, it would be perfect for the players. Okay, uh, can't pronounce this name. Capitan Udacha, have you ever had moments in your life where you decided that you would never play poker again? If you had such moments, what was the motive for you to play poker again? Have you ever said you're done? I'm sure there's been No, I've never quit, but I've, uh, I've, I've really come home sometimes and I'm really down about, about where I've been, made like real fundamental mistakes. Um, I mean, the biggest mistake that I make is... Uh, is not voicing my opinions in a game. So let's say we're playing, uh, we're playing a certain stake. So, so, so say we're playing 500, 1,000 blinds. Uh, I like to sit deep, so I'm sitting with 500,000. Everybody else normally sits in with like 200,000, typically. A million, you mean? You sit uh, with a million? Uh, no, 500 big blinds. Oh, uh, five, so five, 500. Okay, uh, I, I don't really, I rarely sit with a million. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm winning and doing well and playing deep stack. And then some of the guys that are losing want to increase the blinds and this has happened to me lots of times and I always said to myself uh, I don't want to increase the blinds but I, I don't want to voice my opinion in the group because I'm winning right. and say no just keep the blinds where they are because obviously once you increase the blinds the stacks get shorter uh, there's no the, the fold equity is less and, and a big part of my game is fold equity um, you're right so that it, makes a lot of sense yes you want to just you got to stick to your guns and kind yeah of, I yeah. need to be deep because I'm playing so many hands I need to be able to bluff right and I can't bluff when they put the blinds up so they're all sitting with 25 big blinds I mean I've been in some situations where the blinds have been increased to 5,000 10,000 started off at 500 1k just because what a couple of the guys are losing and I have I just don't seem to have the discipline to stand up and say no because it's not for me very interesting. So this is an uh, that's a big disappointment. That's when you're talking about not packing up poker, but I've certainly questioned whether I'm an idiot or not. <laughs> um, packing Young says, "Wow, big fan of Rob Young." So my question for you, as a successful businessman and poker player, if you were made to give up one of them, no business or no poker, I don't know if that's even kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, but give a business instantly. 
Give up business and uh, play poker. Yeah. All right, there you go. You heard it first. Not even, not even. Not close. Okay. No debate. What was the weirdest thing you've ever seen someone do at a poker table? Strangest. I and mean, we play, there's some characters. So I'm well, I saw a very weird thing in, uh, we were playing a game. One of those weirdest thing I ever saw was uh, recently, I remember forever, but recently was, uh, and you'll see this on the Triton, on the Triton cast, uh, Triton uh, episodes when they come out from Jeju. Uh, one player, uh, five better all in with three five off suits. Oh, I know the guy very well. When he was playing, when he was playing amazing for three hours, yeah. and then just absolutely lost the plot and yeah, he actually got Andrew I mean, King right had a chance. Literally, but. it was the tightest player, not only in Asia but in the world, that mid raised him pre flop <laughs> under the gun. And he just right. to stick the whole lot in. I'm just gonna have to toilet one second. Yeah, no problem. I'm gonna queue. I gotta go too, so I'm gonna alternate. It's yeah, over there. Um, all right, guys, we do have Rob Young here. He has been uh, in Miami. It's over there, at the back, at the back, all the way back there, back in the right. Big office, easy to get lost. Rob's, Rob's getting lost in here. It's a good sign. We got 30 plus people on here. We're going to go through these questions. He doesn't want to answer them all. Not sure how long we'll have them. Looking forward to this. Kudos to Party Poker Recent Strides. Mel and Reno, two wins, crypto. Oh, interesting question, Mel and Reno. I want to get to that. Uh, what stakes are you comfortable playing? A lot of great questions. I'm actually going to let him come back in and fire us. I got to go to the restroom as well. Um, hope you guys are having a great day. Bernsey, I appreciate you checking us out. We are going to be... Playing a bunch. The Power Series is coming on Party Poker right now. So I may get to the Bahamas tomorrow. There's a chance. Um, you know, this is a short flight. I mean, it's it's actually crazy because I do miss streaming. I can't wait, Rob. I may. The, tomorrow's the, the Power Fest, man. I might just pop over 20-minute 20, 20 flight to the Bahamas. I got to get going get streaming here. I wish I could stream from here. Yeah, I'm going to go. We got, yeah, yeah, we got a lot. Oh, shit. We got, oh, which one? You're going to discuss the weirdest hand ever. Yeah. I saw some unbelievable questions as well. So go keep go ahead. I'm gonna run. I'll be right back. I'll miss the story. But yeah, so we're playing. Uh, um, I'll try and do USD blinds. We're playing two thousand, four thousand uh, USD blinds in Jeju, and I've just doubled this guy up with uh, with a set of twos on a deuce nine ten board. I've got twos, and uh, he's got nines, and he slow played them, and it's a three way pot. So I've managed to uh, to double him up to maybe. Six seven hundred k with my with my set of twos, and then he's like played really well against me in a pot. He's made me pass a top pair and a second and flush draw. So he's a bit he's a friend of mine. You'll see it when he comes on on <coughs> on the stream. Um, and then everything's going great. And then for him, I'm thinking the guy's playing really well. And the most weirdest thing ever happened: uh, the tightest player in the world raises under the gun. Goes call. I have flat call with sixes, and then the crazy, and then the player uh, who had the five, who had the uh, squeezes to to thirty five k, the tightest player in the world min raises to seventy k. Fold. I fold my sixes, and instantly the guy that's playing really well just insta goes all in um, with 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 five three. Um, the tight uh, the tight player actually. Snaps him off with Ace King, which I was Ace King was the lowest uh, hand I thought he had, and uh, based on the flop, and it's all over for for a million. And it was just bizarre how uh, how it happened to see someone who's playing really well um, and just do something crazy like that. So you know, when you ask the question, what's the craziest thing I've seen at the poker table? That's kind of still in my mind. I mean, we were, we were all in shock. We were just like, just 
couldn't believe it. So I'm sure I've seen crazier things, but uh, that's the one that sticks in my mind. Um, let me see another question. What things? Uh, what things would change? Of what he did in his career if he were again an amateur and wanted to become a professional? Um, well, I think that uh, I wouldn't say I'm a professional poker player. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm an okay player. Um, but I think, again, going back to the original question, you know, I would try and have more discipline and I still haven't got enough discipline. And the discipline of uh, not allowing the stakes to go too high, discipline of not playing when, when I'm tired, and ultimately the discipline of understanding that Poker's a long game. It's just one big long game. So whatever happens tonight, if you're like losing $50 tonight, it's irrelevant. It's a lifetime game. So I saw another question here. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, from Melon Reno. Uh, man, there's, look how many questions there are. Well, I don't know if we're going to get all to them. What, what time? You got, I know you got meetings and he's a busy man. We're lucky to get Rob on the podcast. So we're going to try to, <laughs> try to, uh, to, how long is it? 30 minutes, 25 minutes. Oh, they've made the hard on me to four o'clock. So oh, okay. So we got, a couple, we got a couple, we got a little bit of time here. Um, loving the podcast, man. Appreciate it, Colin. Good to see you. What is, okay, we've answered, kind of answered that. What is the key to being a professional player? Does it depend totally on the reality that each person, I think, Ivan Sandoff, I mean, I think like you mentioned, discipline and just kind of uh, not tilting. I think that's obviously yeah, a huge. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the greatest players in the world play, go down to D game. So, just play the same no matter what. Play, yeah, playing. Uh, and knowing, I guess the other part to that is knowing when you're not being able to stop. You know, if it's late, you know, the game's going to happen again. The game, the poker is always a game. You can, you can come I'm, back the next I, day. I'm still making mistakes with discipline. In the last two weeks, I've probably three times made mistakes with discipline. But, um, but before, I used to make 30, so I was okay. <laughs> you're, you're improving. Uh, tough spot, man. There's so many, so many interesting questions. This one. Rob, do you know Party Poker would like to add more turbo, hyper MTs, and better times for Europe? Um, yeah, Party Poker had a 7.30, sorry, 8.30 CT, big turbo. I think they're going to add a big hyper, so there'll be more and more uh, quicker tournaments uh, added. I think they alternate turbo to normal clock every every hour now, so there will be more, yeah. Um, someone asking about, do you know where Belarus is, and do you know any Belarusian poker players? Um, yeah, I believe... Uh, I believe Timothy Trutello is a... Uh, no, Mika, right? Is Mika? Um, yeah, Mikita. Mikita. He's just messaged me now, actually. Look at that. Um, Energy's powerful. Here's some of the team right here. I think, uh, I think Mikita. Isn't Timoth is Timothy Belarusian as well? I think well? he's Russian, but I mean, it's in that vicinity. Uh, just, check, that? just check on his profile. Okay. I think Anatoly's... He's Russian. Russian, right? So Mikita is a Belarusian, yeah? Yeah, he's... A, <laughs> right here, Nikita. Yeah, he's a Belarus. There he is. Yeah, he's a tough, yeah. tough cookie. Yeah, we like Mikita. He's a good guy and he's always willing to help people, give them advice, and uh, he's uh, well respected in the in, in the community. Yeah, it's a, it's a big team. There's a there's a nice mix between the live, the online, some crossover in it. So I mean, this is uh, this is a growing team with uh, how, I mean, how many total? This looks like what 20, 40? Is there a third? How many total party now? There yeah, must be thirty. 30 plus total on mm. party. We're going to go and take a few more. I saw, I saw one I really want to answer and now I can't find it. Rob, how, okay. Huds, we already talked, he did touch on that Colin about Huds and do you have a strong enough security him to catch and force anyone breaking the rules? He already covered this over yeah, 10,000 yeah, bots. Uh, Colin, um, um, security strong. Security. Well, we're not going to come out and tell people what we're doing because, you know, um, then, then they'll try and find ways around it. Let us, let Tom and the guys 
just keep closing accounts and cleaning the sites up when the year will be in good shape. Rob, what stakes are you comfortable playing? I guess like, so tell us the biggest stakes I guess you've ever played. Have you ever felt like in a game like, wow, this is yeah, pretty nuts? I did, I played 5,000, 10,000, uh, which I felt was ridiculous. Uh, but I was winning the game and they forced the blinds up and I ended up losing all my winnings back and more. Um, but my most, I would say the most comfortable stake for me is 500, 1,000. And if people want to put a 2,000 uh, straddle in or make it 500, 1,000, or 1,000 ante, that's completely fine. I mean, effectively, I want to sit down with a 500K stack. So I want to be like 250, 250 big blinds deep if there's a straddle and a 500 big blinds deep if there's a non-straddle so that I'm able to bluff the river. So, I mean... I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I know about all the big games in the world and they're fast exaggerated. Um, people always say, how big is the game? Well, they're playing these blinds. Well, they played this. So and so won that. I mean, just divide it all by 10. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I say I've played in my biggest games I've ever played. Same thing with the 100K, 125K plus tournaments, you know, selling pieces or to, it's fun to play big, but for sure there's some inflation and some padding and a lot of the numbers or guys are, you know, for the most part, don't have 100% necessarily. No, right? people selling percentage themselves in cash games. Um, yeah. But generally, you know, 501 k is, is as big as it gets. Uh, for sure. It only gets out of hand when... Uh, when some of the bigger guys are losing and they want to put the blinds up and gamble more. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on staking, staking plat, like in terms of players and, and, and how do you feel? On... He's really good. He's really good for poker. It's like, okay. Uh, I saw some, a question I saw actually spurred me to, I think everyone thinks that I am staking people into like a live events. And I mean, to be honest with you, I have like a, a million dollar bet that, uh, I won't, uh, I won't lend anybody any money or stake anybody. That's so. smart. I got. I, I so a buddy of mine told me that a while ago. I have a. It's it's a good way to do it because that's it. Saves in the long run. It's it really gets crazy to have numbers people, out people, of it. Time said you want to stake me. I, I, I say to them. If I, I think to myself, if I wanted to stake you, I would have probably come up, come and asked you. Right. Um, so the only time I really got involved in staking people is when I've been been into tournaments. Is when I'm doing a favor for a friend or anything like that. But I'm very very pro staking. I like these staking where everyone buys a small piece. You know. So. Yeah, this is a five thousand event, and you have like a hundred people buying. Like, I mean, it, it is so. pretty crazy. I, I just want to give a shot to State Kings, and speaking of that, I showed you this recently. Like, look here, you know, you got guys in the, you know, Cordy G, who's a, a streamer for Party Poker. You know, she's selling in here in the hundred nine. You got Party Poker Classicos guys selling in there, and it, it's cool because with Twitch, you can have a piece, you get to sweat and have a great time. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it is good for the game, and it brings money, not necessarily in poker. Maybe people that aren't playing, they can't play because they live in the U.S., but they get to then have a piece, sweat, and money gets yeah, in the ecology. Hundred percent behind staking. I just don't like it when uh, some of the bigger players. Yeah, and then they're like all of a piece. Want to sell yeah. themselves at one point three when really we all know they're one point one. Right. And they they abuse their fans a little bit by uh, effectively getting get themselves a free roll. So <coughs> I think the market forces element of staking is good. Man, some great questions here, guys. Keep them coming. You are eligible to win a $320 ticket on Party Poker for the Power Fest that's coming up. So make sure you get that retweet out. We're still taking some questions here. Looking forward to this. We're here. Melinda, good to see you. Longtime supporter. Kudos for the Party Poker's recent strides. Two wins. So two questions. Crypto and client-wide player search. So I was actually, that's a good question. That was on my list. How come? Because 
if, if I'm logging into party poker, I want to search a player. Obviously, you could hide. If you don't want to show yourself, you could hide from his searches. Do you have any? Have you heard of that, or do you know? Is there? Is, do you have any idea? Uh, on why in, my opinion, in my opinion, the setting should be everyone's defaults to hidden. Okay. And if somebody wants to make the people to find them, they should tick a box and say, "I want people to find." Yeah, them. yeah. The problem at the moment is everyone's defaulted to open. Okay. And people don't know where the setting is. Ah. Uh, Okay. So everyone should be hidden, and if a guy, if a guy like Jeff wants to be popular, okay, let people find me. He can untick the box. Is my opinion. Hold on, we got to stop. Well, let me add the second part of that. Two wins crypto. So I don't know what the specific question is. Crypto and client. I guess maybe crypto in general. I guess I, I, that's a rabbit hole. I don't even want to get down it. But do you have? A, are you? Do you feel? Do you like the idea of crypto yeah, blockchain? So. I think crypto is brilliant, and uh, I'm all for. Banks not screwing us over and us having control of our own money. I agree, man. It's uh, it's the future. I just actually had my, uh, I don't know if he's Bank of America. I don't know how familiar with that. I'm sure you heard of Bank of America, but they closed a ton of poker players' accounts. There was a big story well, on it. Well, they did touch in the Caribbean, the U.S. banks. Yeah. All, all the poor American players came to the Caribbean. The U.S. banks blocked all their payments. Yeah. And I, I was in a ridiculous situation where we had to literally find all sorts of ways to get to, to, to pay these players that um, the money I end up paying some people in area chips, swapping things, etc. But uh, the banks are just so anti-gaming; um, they don't realize that uh, most of the gaming due diligence and um, yeah, I just want to point so this hard. out. This so this this happened in Negranio, I remember, <laughs> and they canceled. They just overnight. You know, it says the number one winner in in poker term history. They just closed them out of nowhere and this happened to me as well at bank of america and while i was in rio i've been with chase for five years they over like they literally <laughs> while i was there i tried to use uber shut down all my credit cards and they just they want to close my account i've been with them six years chase private client per you know zero balance on my credit cards and they just they're just like oh you know what you're poker and and i talked to my buddy and they said people in the cannabis industry and gaming they're starting to like yeah. close down but it's like i mean it's it's just like it's so messed up like that you have to you know yeah well the people that run banks are people in suits who aren't real people aren't they're not, they're not in with the real people are they yeah and, you know their, their attitudes against poker their attitudes against cannabis i mean i was i mean i was reading somewhere that alcohol is like the most uh, harmful drug even above heroin. Yeah. I think heroin's no, alcohol, alcohol is too. for sure the worst. Uh, yeah. It's just, uh, well, hold on. We got a celebrity in the chat, man. We got John T. Willis. John oh, T. Willis in here. Block, Who, him, block, him. block him. One question, then we'll block him. Who is the biggest pigeon you know? Is it Warren Lush? Why do you want to hate on Warren What's Lush, man? Look, who is the biggest pigeon you know? And then he said, is it Warren Lush? Why well, I got to call Warren out, man? Warren's a, you know. Warren Lush. Uh, I wouldn't say he was a pigeon. Um... <laughs> It's a little bit. It's a, it's, it's a little bit harsh. Well, you gotta love Warren, man. He's Warren's the, connected. He cares. He, he he's sociable. He's good for. He's intelligent. Bar. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, and he's done a great job promoting people. And uh, is he a pigeon? Yeah, well, he's definitely in the pigeon category. But uh, I love Warren. Uh, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I love well, Warren. Yeah, I stand up for Warren. He's a great guy. Like to wind him up a little bit. John D, John T's in here stirring the pot. What's up, man? Great to meet you in. Yeah, I mean, John, I mean, John T. Willis is definitely a stone cold pigeon. <laughs> okay, you heard it first, John T. Asked about pigeons, and he's getting Rob's just you know dropping it out here. What what started your passion for the game of poker? We'll get back to Twitter just here. Meeting people, just making friends, and realized how sociable it was. And uh, I just played once, and I was addicted. What are you most proud of poker wise? Um, I don't think I'm proud of anything that I've achieved poker wise. I've never won a tournament. I've only made one final EPT. I mean. Um, I think probably some of, I think poker wise proud of probably uh, 
probably some of the Grand Prix that we've done at Dust Till Dawn. When, when we used to be a lot more focused on Dust Till Dawn in the UK, we used to do these massive Grand Prix, like 10,000 players, and they were brilliant. I, I mean, I'd like to find time to get back to doing those. Um, we used to put two marquees on the side of the casino, and it was all full, and like a guy can win from like 50 pounds, can win like 100K. I mean, it was, it was brilliant. I'd, I'd like to get back to doing some of those. Uh, for sure. So we have someone I saw ask about uh, Sheffield 16 asked about Thirst Lounge 10. This is just a question. Uh, Rob, what's your opinion on overlays? Are you disappointed which tournament doesn't meet your guarantee? Um, I'm disappointed when we set a guarantee to hit it. Let's, for example, say that uh, in Montreal, 5 million for the main event. I'm disappointed that misses because it's, it's a guarantee that we should be able to exceed. In Rio, um, that was an impossible guarantee to hit. So no, I wasn't uh, wasn't surprised by that. Okay, it depends. If you so, so, sometimes you can set a guarantee to make a statement in the market, miss it first of all, and if you miss it by like ten percent, the next time you've learned so many lessons, you're never ever missing it again. Um, and ultimately, when you miss a guarantee, you're actually just giving money to your customers. So I, I wouldn't say it's like hundred percent marketing cost, but I would certainly say it, uh, it's it's a hybrid between a a cost and uh, a marketing spend. Okay. But yeah, I've been disappointed with the, I've been devastated um, when I've missed some guarantees that I thought I was going to hit. I've uh, woke up, felt sick. Um, I think, uh, I think the most devastating tournament of all was, we call it the tournament of doom that we had at Dust of Dawn. Um, Simon Trumper managed to schedule our first ever 1000 buy-in tournament the same weekend um as the FA Cup, as the F, as the Champions League final between Manchester United and and uh, Bayern Munich was that all six or just massive yeah yeah and we I always said let's avoid FA Cup finals avoid Wimbledon finals avoid Champions League mm-hmm. finals and um, that was our first ever one thousand tournament which we were also hyped up about and I think we uh, we guaranteed like two hundred fifty thousand which obviously is small compared to nowadays and we got like one hundred fifty runners. And we overlaid 100K, and that's probably like the... We put right. keys on, we've got girls handing flyers out. It was our first ever tournament at the Still Dawn. It meant something to all the staff, and no one came. Everyone, Everybody was watching the... Uh, or went, actually went to Wembley. Right. Yeah, so it was like it was the it's in the backyard. The final was at Wembley, I think. So, yeah. That, yeah, so, I mean, I would say missing, missing guarantees... It's all relative to if you miss it by amount of people. It's relative to what our hopes and passions, expectations. For example, I hope we're going to do a million dollar tournament in uh, in a million dollar for two hundred. There's only five thousand players in somewhere in Brazil. We've set the bar to we've set that tournament to overlay. Right. So that's marketing spend. It's an for me. It's an overlay when you've not set it to overlay. Okay. You can you can add or you can overlay, can't you? Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Sheffield 16, Rob, love the support for the Thirst Lounge 10. What are your thoughts so far? Um, well, I'm not an expert. I don't really know much, understand much about the uh, the streaming side. Um, but uh, I know Bob Perkins is enthusiastic about it and he seems to put a lot of, lot of effort into it and took it very seriously. Um, so I kind of just uh, um, happy to uh, support that. And, uh, and see what happens, really. But I'm not. I wouldn't. Right. It's it's sort of like you voting on a streamer of the year. You wouldn't know because you, yeah. you're not you're not day to day on it, and you don't you're not. No, you, I know, don't, you just kind of believe, in, you, believe in people. But I'm very pro anything that uh, is going to get new people to yeah to recognize that poker is such a cool thing. To, Absolutely. To play. Yeah. 
what is okay two things have you been in greece have, have you been to greece never never been to greece interesting what would you consider going seems like a fun place not really for poker probably a good spot to do poker events no, it? well there you go so not been to greece and there it is what is your relation with party poker he's already gone over this but how, how would you how would you in a short sentence how do you describe your relation to party um just partner just like uh, um i mean all these rumors go around like oh you know that, that i'm in charge of party i mean it's just not not the case i'm a uh, i'm a partner just like sasha a partner of party poker live just a daughter a partner of party poker mm-hmm. I, i'm a partner but um but obviously like i've been in business for a long time and i understand poker so party poker are going to listen are going to listen to what, what what i say and sometimes i'm wrong sometimes i'm right but yeah generally i'm also very friendly with the guys i mean I'm, tom's the md i consider him a friend yeah um nick's nick who does party poker live he's my best friend since we were kids mm-hmm. um yeah, he's not. I mean, shamefully now I'm 46, so I'm guess I'm in that terrible role where people kind of look to you for advice. Yeah, it's awful, really. Well, I used to when I was in business when I was in my 30s. I used to have some older person who I'd ask advice to, and I guess in a devastating way, that's what I've become. No, well, that's just a natural progression, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's devastating. 46, still young. You're still, you yeah, still that's made. My, that's my relationship partner. Not, I don't, I don't own uh, any shares in GBC or Party Poker. Um, I'm just a partner. Partner. All right. You heard it. Partner. Rob, what is the biggest tournament you've ever played? Is there any, is there anything on the horizon? Any big events? Is there any tournaments you're excited about or big, big tournaments coming up? The biggest tournament I ever played, uh, my mate day two, it was uh, the one drop. Um, I'm just about to scrape day two and then... Uh, that was a million this. dollar US. No, it was a hundred and... Oh, the 111. It was the WSOP one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Busted out day two. Um, Would you ever consider playing a bit? What's like uh, the Premier League's a one twenty five? Like that's that's a lot of fun. Played on that. Was there any? Is there is there a, a, a tournament buying that you think is obtainable that is that hasn't been done? I mean, the biggest ever is a million dollar. The biggest ever is going to be the Triton million pound in London. Oh, well, oh yeah, um, that's right. That's coming in July. In, in July. Later. Um, but uh, I mean, it's time. Tournaments need patience. I think if I was wanting to wanting to uh, play a tournament, um, I'd really want to give it my all and focus. Go to the gym in the morning and like give it a hundred percent. And like when the tournaments that I have played, I've literally just laid reg day two. Yeah, that's kind of where I get caught too. Not giving it, I'm not giving it my all. Um, so I'm just playing cash games at the moment. Um, but uh, I'm to be honest with you, when, when I uh, finished fifth in the EPT in Dublin. I swore I would never play it twice. That's true, actually. I just was in a pack of poker. I swore I would never play a poker tournament again because that hurt me so badly. Um, and since then, I've maybe played four tournaments in my life. Um, what would that pay in Dublin? Was it the main event? Or was it, you, it, it was, was the main it? event. And uh, I got busted with Ace King against Ace Jack. Jack on the river and all my friends have flown over to watch the final table. I just felt physically sick. <laughs> and so it's actually a good question. The guy asked me before, have you ever packed up? And I went home and said, I'm packing up poker. Yeah, so I have packed up. All right. Since then, I've hardly played a tournament, and just the feeling of getting knocked down just makes me feel awful. So I kind of stay away from tournaments. All right. Well, there you go. There's Rob's tournament history. I didn't know that. Didn't know you were EPT the finalist. That's uh, it's hard yeah, to get I'm, there. I, I, I was. I was. A, I would say I was a good tournament player, but um, I, 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 the feeling of getting knocked out of that EPT was just uh, devastating. Let's see if we can 
Die. Oh, there it is. Look at this. Didn't even know we didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. I thought you were only cash game guy, so we can see yeah, when was this. This was 111, a six-figure score back way when in 2006. When did you start Dust Till Dawn? 2007. Oh, so this was before. Yeah. Wow. So you just went in and and then afterwards. Look how many tournaments I played. I'm not yeah. yeah, man. Not not us. This so one's two, where I've played for like a bounty or anything. 2004. So your last one looks like you were messing around just for fun in some of these. Uh, that's that's cool. I didn't realize that you did have uh, some that you did play some tournaments. So we're we're. I mean, there's an unbelievable amount of questions. I think Rob's just kind of rapid firing them off here. I know we're gonna have to lose them at some Rob, point. Which type of poker do you play most often? Um, no limit and cash games at the moment, but I prefer PLO cash games. What sensations does it cause you to represent a prestigious venue like Party Poker? Not, I guess it's not really a venue, but like, uh, yeah, prestigious brand. Um, what's the, how does it feel? What, I don't know about a sensation, but how um, does it feel to be involved with the one, you know, one of the leaders in a, in a thing that you well, love? Because you genuinely love poker. Uh, it's, not, it's not a... Well, I used to work with poker stars, and I used to be really, really proud to work with poker stars. Um, I guess I'm a bit more proud of to work with Party Poker because I probably had more involvement with Party Poker. Um, but I mean, I think the journey of Party Poker is only like a few footsteps at the moment. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think that uh, I could say I was like proud yet. Warren Lush is in the chat. Found his his ears were burning after his trip to Uruguay. Does Ben Lamb want to marry you? Did you go to? <laughs> did you stop in Uruguay? No, I think uh, it was five hundred thousand casino chips out yeah. of the Uruguay casino and. Ben Lamb managed up, to run up a little. Run some, uh, okay, there you go. So Warren's in the chat. His ears. Well, the only stakes the uncles were playing. Um, yeah, um, I don't really want to play above like one k, two k maximum. And I prefer five hundred, one k PLO or no limit. I think it gets out of hands. Um, I mean, uh, it also I think it kind of tightens up a bit, or it feels different because it's like once you have everyone, it gets kind of real serious. Even if it's friends, you know, you're losing a couple million dollars. It's kind of like you know different if it's like yeah, within five hundred k. I have a stop loss of a million, so okay. if I lose a million, I'm going to stand up and walk across the table. Okay. I mean, I, I lost a my biggest part of my life. I lost is five point three million, and uh, I don't want to put that much money in the middle again. Yeah. Can you ask Rob the direction of party poker moving? Does he think that party will one day be that? Do you believe that one day party will have the majority of the market share? And how long do you think it will take? Do you no, believe? No. I think poker stars are too strong. Okay. All right. Fair. That's fair. But yeah, it's a difference between. It's still very successful. I think it's about creating an alternative. In a monopoly, in a monopoly, any company screws the customers. Yeah. So you can't blame poker. You can't blame poker stars for screwing anybody. Right. They're just doing what all monopolies do. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be competition. So full tilt were around. We had full tilt poker stars. There would be competition. Plat customers get treated fairly. Yeah. What we're trying to do with party poker is get it big enough so there's 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 some competition. Right. Um, I don't think anyone in the wildest dreams is is saying party poker could ever be as successful as poker stars. I mean, I, I think people just jump on this poker stars party poker bandwagon. Um, it's just not the case. Party poker just trying to do the right things and hopefully the right things work and whatever comes out the end comes out the end. I don't think anyone's from white poker has ever come out and said that, uh, that they're going to do this and going to do that and party poker's going to be this and that. I mean, they're just trying their best and see what comes out the end. It doesn't make any difference. It's right. a bit like, a, sounds a bit like Jurgen Klopp for Liverpool when he's saying take one game at a time but mm -hmm. I think with party poker and party poker live it's just very important to take um, one year at a time and I mean, if the players, if poker players were a bit more loyal, party poker could grow a lot bigger. But unfortunately, poker, poker players, when they get home, many of them look after themselves. And uh, 
if they support a party more, it could it, it could become a bigger force. For sure. But I don't believe the poker players will. For sure. Rob, you are an entrepreneur. You started working young and you made your name after yourself as a <laughs> businessman and a poker player. My question as is as an investor, which is the best investment of your life and the worst? Hmm. Worst investment of my life is uh, um, properties. <laughs> a few properties that I've uh, bought and some land that I've bought and crazy things have happened like uh, a bit of flood and things like that. Okay. So, um, but uh, um I mean, the best best investment of my life. Party poker, no? Or is that not an investment of your partner? I don't know. Is that kind of, um, is that technically an investment? Or? Best investment of my life is my football club. Okay, which is? Um, I, I I bought my local football club in the, in, in the UK. Not Nottingham. Yeah. You bought Nottingham? I bought Eastwood Town, which, is just, which was a conference-level okay. club. And I think I spent like 3.5 million on it and sold it for a pound. Sold it for one pound? Hmm. <laughs> Wait, you bought it for three point five million? No, um, I bought it for hundred k. All right, spent three point five million on it. All I right. had the best five years of my life. Then I fell out with the uh, with the FA, um, right. which is like the association. All right, and I sold it. To, I sold it for a pound. That's the best investment of my life. Wow! It brought me more, more happiness than uh, running the being than, involved in the yeah game. yeah. yeah. Football my best friend, one of my best friends, was the manager. That's my best investment ever. Wow. I'll never take that back. It was. Brilliant. My dad used to come watch the football every week. My little sister used to come. My friends from school used to come. It was my boyhood football club. That's definitely the best. What was the capacity of the stadium? Um, 3,000. Okay. So, but it's a, it was we only filled it a few times. Electric, electric, tight knit, very passionate. It was brilliant. The best thing, that was the happiest project that. Uh, wow, I've interesting. Ever, ever I, love, I mean, that's my, I love football. Where's the investment? Honestly, I made so many. Uh, Okay. All right. Fair enough. That's interesting. I didn't know that. But now you're in your Liverpool supporter. That's your. I was a Liverpool supporter. Okay. And now I sponsor Nottingham Forest, which is our local football club. We've got a box there. Yeah. My friends come watch that every weekend. Very cool. Yeah, I haven't been there. I've heard it's, it's a fun time. Uh, when you come to Nottingham, you can come to a game. I, I'm coming, man. I'm definitely coming. I'll be there January twenty or in twenty twenty at the latest. Uh, some great questions, guys. Really, we're gonna do a retweet. We'll let Rob do the giveaway here. Um, when, again, just give me a couple minute warning because I know you got a, a packed day. Uh, what challenges did you propose this year? Challenges? Is there anything that? A challenge this year is is ecology to clean to clean to to clean the site up. No bots, no colluders, no uh, no ghosters, no multi accounters. To have a fair playing field for the players. That's the that's the big challenge for party this year. Um, beautiful. What do you think of the role of women in the future of poker? Well, I think whenever there's women, it glamorizes any sport, you know, tennis. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the female poker players are really good players. Yeah, there's some yeah. tough, tough players that are good. Um, I think it also makes it more mainstream. People got this image of poker that's <coughs> a few guys in the back playing in some shady places. So yeah, a lot I think of it's really good. I think it's really good. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, I, when I'm playing against a woman, I do still play differently. I'm not as ruthless, you know. Um, so I think I see just uh, Women in a pretty good position when they're playing. I think it's, uh, I think it's good. Speaking of, here's a woman, sizzling woman, asking Rob, what is the top five places to play live poker? Of course, excluding DTD, which is Dust Hold On. That's your your baby. What is uh, what is your favorite? <laughs> Some of your favorite, not five. Just I name. Like, uh, well, obviously, I'm not just going to say this, but most of the big poker rooms who are very poker centric. Um, so I think it's the normal lot, isn't it? It's, I'm going to the Hard Rock this afternoon. That's supposed to be like the best poker room in the world. I've never been there. 
So I'm going to have a look at that. They, they, uh, uh, they got the guitar built right now. It's yeah. about to finish. It's going to be going to be a good spot for some future events. So that would be cool. But I mean, if I could pick one place to one place to play poker, I'll probably pick the area because um, because they have the the Ivy's room there. Table one, Rob. Table, table one. one. Maybe it could be the could be the the party room at Sunday. You guys got, you got it's open. Remember, remember yeah, it, it's open. Um, but I also like to play poker in places that are very relaxed, and um, I think uh, I think there's some. Uh, um, I think, but I think probably the greatest place I've ever played is EPT Monte Carlo, where they had the open. They had the 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 windows that were all open, so you're basically you were playing in like a coliseum. It's probably the most comfortable, impressive venue. And actually, uh, to be honest with you, when we, when we had the uh, tournament, the ISPT at Wembley, um, that, with the fresh air breathing on you, that was a pretty cool cool place to play. Yeah, what well, you were, that was back, they did that big live tournament on the, on the actual field. Yeah. Yeah. But when I look forward to playing, I look forward to playing in Ari in Vegas where I'm going on Sunday. It's just comfortable. There's yeah. a Starbucks there. You love Starbucks, man. That's your thing, huh? So Starbucks there is... It's good. It is. It's a nice spot. Speaking of, well, I just pulled this up short deck. This is brand new. Looks like there's some games running here. Uh, very cool format. I played a bit. I, I don't, what are your thoughts on short deck? This is answering a question here from <coughs> one of uh, Anthony Silenci asking, what do you think about the future of short deck event in some tours? That's, is that possible to have a tournament, some yeah. short deck? Yeah, I mean, my friends invented it, uh, Richard and Paul Point. I think Timothy Trutel was involved in it, and Phil Ivey and the guys. Yeah. <coughs> I think it's really good. They take out two, three, four, five. Um, and um, I've not played it. The only reason I've not played it is uh, is because I've been playing a cash game somewhere else. But Yeah, you don't want to be mixing. You're playing high stakes cash. You don't want to be learning a new variation of a game right now. But uh, everyone that seems to play it, and I know Jason Kuhn's a big fan, Say that the short deck tournament is a lot more interesting and a lot more more uh, enjoyable than a normal tournament. So I think what we should do is have a big short deck tournament at Dust or Dawn, where we can control and manage it and organise that and, uh, and get feedback from players. Awesome. What do you think of PKO tournaments? Are they more attractive to recreational players, and why? Um, because people love a free roll. Poker players are poker players. Everyone likes the idea is you can knock a couple of people out and then you're free rolling the tournament. I think that's why they're popular. I'm, I'm not like a huge fan myself of them, um, but I can understand. Players just love a free roll. I mean, sit down, knock two people out, and you've got your buy-in back. And, uh, can you talk about that on the, the, the amount of the rake generated from the PKLs, isn't it? It's less? Are you guys, is there some sort yeah, of format? It's kind of a weird situation because when we did live knockout tournaments, say it was a, it was a £50 buy-in and a £50 bounty, we would charge £50 plus £5, and then there's a fifty pound like bounty on top. Okay. So the rates, the, the rate is only based on the buying, not the bounty. The bounty is like a last longer or a knockout. And kind of a weird situation. Other sites, I don't understand why they add rake on the bounty, mm -hmm. whereas party just do the normal rake that will put on the buying. So let's say if it's a a hundred dollar tournament, party will charge fifty plus five. And then the bounce is free. Okay. Um, I think that's normal. Everyone else thinks, why are party doing it differently? I just think that's normal. I mean, on a live tournament, we would, uh, on a live tournament, we wouldn't charge rake on the bounty. Um, I'm not sure why people do that. Also, what I don't like is they include the, they, they include the guarantee in the bounty. So that's, so in the, in the PKO tournament. So in my mind, 
if a tournament's 50,000 guarantee, and it's a 50 pound buy-in plus a 50 pound bounty, that's a, that's, that's a thousand runners for the prize pool. Okay. The guarantee is the prize pool. But what online sites do is they include the guarantee, including the bounties. And that's wrong because people are buying in to a tournament later on. Some of the bounties have been won. So right. they're not actually playing for that prize pool. Uh, I don't want that at all. I think, I mean, I much prefer it if party just did the guarantee on the prize pool and it would, and people knew what they were much more clear what they were buying in for. I think because uh, stars have done it this way, party can't change that much. But, but party don't make the bounty, which I think, I don't think it's a good thing that party are doing. I don't think it's fair. I think it's normal. I don't understand why stars make the, make so the bounty. Do that that way. Yeah. Some people say, oh, you know, if someone said to me, oh, party's great, they don't make the bounty, I would just think it's normal. I would think it's like, I don't know why other people do. Gabriel Viga asking, what's your thoughts on the on Ivy, as in Phil Ivy, in the edge sorting case? Do you think he should have won the court case? Do you have any thoughts on this? This is actually a very interesting, um, as a casino, being involved, you have Dust Till Dawn. It's kind of a, it's a very complex situation, it seems. I've heard both it's sides. It's very complex. There's both sides. Um, I think if you're going into a casino to, uh, and you've got an edge over the casino that they don't know about, that's probably not fair because... If you think about it, when you when we sit down and play blackjack, we know the edge of the casino is X percent. When mm-hmm. we play roulette, we know the edge of the casino is one in thirty six. So the casino has been open with us about their edge. Okay. So my view is that if we're going in with an edge as a customer, the casino should probably know about that. Right. Yeah, and the casino is there. They're they're giving all these things, the comps, the. Really setup about that. I just think it's fair. I think you can gamble. Yeah, it's, it's a transparent. It's transparent. It, I think it's trans- uh, casinos are transparent. Casinos don't pretend that when you play craps, there's not an edge. They give you a card and it says there's point. This is this is point five percent against you, point six percent against you. So you know you're playing with an advantage of the casino. I think when a customer comes in, they should show the show the, the casino the same respect. Right. And and obviously this edge sorting thing and. The information and cars and stuff—that's an edge the consumers know about. Right. So, uh, my question was great and was ignored. Feels bad, Marco G. Where Where is your question, brother? Where, he's literally robbed. That's what he's saying. He wants to answer every question. We're, we've yeah. knocked out a lot of them, Marco G. Why don't you ask it again? I'll keep an eye on it. I'm not the, the live portion here. We just kind of have hey, going. Yeah, yeah, it's Marco G. Can you ask Rob what his party going to sign his or do it? They have to. He brings so much value to the site. Um, uh, Victor, Victor. I said he wants to sign for party. Uh, he likes to work with party. He comes to our events. Um, he's playing. He, but I think he's just decided, just still in a in a phase in his life where he's just, where he's deciding what he's going to do in his, in his poker world. So I think obviously he won the millions and I had a dream of afterwards and said, you know, let's do something. Uh, but it's much one of those things where. Uh, I keep but I bumped into Victor in Rio and we said let's do something to do with the new cash games because Victor's dead against Hoods and then he was playing poker at the time and we, and we missed him so I think Victor's going to work with Party pretty sure okay. um, he messages me I message him we just not managed to sit down and discuss how he could help us with the uh, with the cash game because Victor's very anti-Hoods right so I would expect something to happen certainly Victor will be wants to be affiliated with Party Victor's like the nicest guy ever he was he was up drinking with me, Bobby Baldwin, Phil Helmuth, uh, uh, Mike Sexton, and uh, he was the youngest guy having fun with us. Um, yeah, we like Victor. Sam Trickett's good friend with Victor. Yeah. It's just there's been no rush to ever do anything. He's coming to our events anyway. Victor right. promotes us anyway. I mean, yeah. good, good guy. But, met, but I've never really felt comfortable like, asking Victor to play on the play on the site until 
because um, Victor doesn't use the uh, the third party tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but but after April, I think we can uh, we can we, we can start to get Victor supporting the site, playing on it. And Victor's cool. He'll just do anything we ask him. Yeah, to do. he seems like a really good guy. From what I've talked, we all love him. Yeah. Um, and uh, he'll. Well, there's no, it's not like there's a rush to do these things because we're all friends, you know. Right. He's already, yeah, so you say supports anyway. You supports anyway. Yeah. Um, but I've always felt that Victor's brand is for the for the high stakes cash games. And after what happened to him with on other sites where we know he got screwed over uh, with people all downloading his hand histories and studying them and everything, um, I still dawn was that me and Nick were late for the, the tournament at the Gala Casino. And we're five minutes late, they wouldn't let us play. And Nick said, let's build our own poker room. <laughs> and we were booked, well, originally, we were going to have no casino games. But the, uh, the gambling board said, you can't have a casino license unless you put some roulette tables in a blackjack. So we had to put a few in the corner. Well, effectively, just still dawns mentors as a home. Good, just like Big Blind Annie. The issue that I have with time banks is, for me personally, is that new players and qualifiers, you start giving them time banks in a live environment. It can be quite intimidating. Uh, I am pro, to, I, I, I'm, I'm pro shot clock, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, I don't understand why we couldn't have technology where people didn't have to have, to have the time bank that got dropped in. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm 100% pro what he says about uh, less time pre-flop. Pre-flop, you only have a pre-flop decision when someone plays back at you. I can't stand it when you get these players who just look at the card, take two minutes, and there's no action before them. So I agree with the guy who's posted the, the pre-flop action should be shorter. I think it could be as uh, short as 15 seconds with no action to you. I don't see what decision you have to make. You're either playing the hand or you're not. Um, and maybe 30 seconds if there's a, if that's an action to you, so someone's raised before you. And if someone's re-raised, uh, re-raised you, you get 30 seconds. Uh, and uh, I think 30 seconds, I actually think half of what this guy's saying, I think 30 seconds is fine for flop, turn and, turn and river, in which case you need longer, you could exercise your time bank option. But I think nowadays with technology, we should be trying to find a better solution than people having to carry these time banks and put and throw them in but however maybe time chips are better but I'm 100% pro shot clock 100% pro time banks and uh, I, I push Simon and, and, and I asked John and these guys to find the best solutions consulting with the players but it's just something that I'm 100% behind Awesome. Yeah, no, I think that it should, there, it should be there to start the tournament as well, not just near, not just near the money. Right. Yeah, I think that's uh, there's you can't definitely do tennis, can you? you can't play a tennis tournament, can you? And uh, and 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 doesn't say take as long as you want for the first set, but if it's the fifth set, you. That's good. That's a good point. Um, I mean, yeah, fine now, don't they? On tennis, have you seen tennis now? They have got shot clocks in tennis. No, right. I, I'm not familiar with the changes, but it's always ball like eight times. You get you get like counting. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.